Now, speaking of status in the conference, in the top spot is where the women's basketball team is predicted to finish. It was American Athletic Conference Media Day on Wednesday. We'll talk about the rest of the league's picked players and all-conference performers, but we'll focus obviously on USF here. And they have a bunch of all-conference predicted performers. In fact, three on the first team. Elena Chinecki, Betty Menunga, along with the newcomer Dulce Fankamengiadu, Sydney Harvey, and Elisa Pinzon both picked on the second team. So the Bulls basically, as I said, were unanimous. Each coach voted, and you can't vote for yourself. So to get 10 first-place votes is the maximum. UCF was picked, it looks like, unanimously in second place. Houston picked in third. And even though the media days are all about the American Conference, and you'll hear some of what Jose Fernandez had to say about that here in a second, of course, a lot of it is about the Bulls' non-conference schedule. The trip to the Bahamas where you're playing Syracuse, but then likely, or hopefully, if you win, UConn in the second round. you got South Carolina and Oregon sitting on the other side. And then you stay in the Bahamas to play the defending national champ, Stanford. You go to Knoxville, Tennessee. You go to the defending A-10 champ, VCU. And another league champion, High Point, comes to the Union League Center. So the schedule is tremendous. And Jose here was asked, and this is actually an interesting question, who is the number one option on the offense? I don't know if the Bulls have one, but I don't think he's too concerned about that. He wants to play, it sounds like. I don't know. We'll find out. You know, we got a lot of talented talented players. Uh, this is a veteran group. Today's practice 12, and I don't know what I'm going to keep these guys going for another 18 practices before our first games because, I mean, we could uh, – we could play right now. One thing he said at the press conference with the local media on Tuesday that startled me was they're only going to play eight or nine players. And when you look at the roster, you've got essentially five strong returning guards with Elisa Pinzon, Sidney Harvey, Elena Chinecki. I know technically she plays the three spot, the wing, but she's a guard. Maria Alvarez, and don't forget backup point guard Mihaila Lazic. But then you add in the starting point guard the last two years, from Memphis and Ariel Wilson, so that's six players. Uh, touted freshman Bella Weary, that's seven. That's just the guards. you still got seven more on the team. Of course, you're going to see Betty Manunga, Shea Leverett, and Dulce Fankamengidu get their action underneath, so we're up to ten. You mentioned Sarah Guerrero and how she's earned herself a spot in her second year on the floor, and maybe even a starting spot. Well, we're up to 11 players. Christine Bromejo's injured right now. That actually might help the team make the decision there with her playing time. And then there's two more players that are touted junior college transfers, both 3-4 types, Odeth Betancourt and Patience Williams. So it sounds like maybe a player like Patience Williams actually is going to have to have some patience. Well, the story about Patience, I, I think what's a benefit, we got four years with her. She was 13 All-American as a freshman. And Jerry Ellis, who's the head coach there at Florida Southwestern, as a matter of fact, was an assistant coach when I was 17 years old and a student assistant at Miami-Dade Junior College. That's how the Patience Williams recruiting evolved and started. Her and Odette Bencourt, I thought, were two of the what top 10 JUCO recruits in the country. But again, both those, uh, as talented as both players are, you know, we have Betty Mananga returning, who's all-conference. Shea Leverett, who's been here six years, our starting center, probably best defensive player in the conference, and you bring in Dulce, right? So those guys gonna have to wait their turn. And one more from Jose on the strength of the league. Sounds like he thinks that not just the non-conference schedule is going to challenge the Bulls this year. And, of course, being picked to repeat 
That was the topic of the question here. You know, a lot of people probably are not going to believe this, but you can talk to our kids. We haven't talked one. We haven't talked one time about it. Not once. This, I think November and December are going to be really good for this basketball team. That's the reason we, we scheduled the way that we did. We're going to get great opportunities. But at the same time, you got UCF, you got Houston, right? Temple's got everybody back. Tulane's got four starters back, and they got a really good transfer. Uh, this could be the year that the American Conference breaks a record for getting uh, league teams in the NCAA tournament, right? The most we've ever gotten is what we got four in one year, right? Tulane, Temple, Connecticut, and us one year. That might be the record. Uh, everywhere else, we've we just got an elite champion and at-large bid a couple of years. We got three in. So I think uh, that top, we got, we got some really, really good teams. And I, I think uh, all those teams really scheduled uh, the right way as well. So I'm excited for our conference. Of course, I'm excited for our team. But, uh, you know, it's... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an exciting January, February for this conference. So that's the coach. You'll hear from the players beginning tomorrow and spread across the next few weeks as I am scheduled to talk to, in order, Sarah Guerrero, Mihaila Lasset, Shay Leverett, Christine Bromejo, Maria Alvarez, Betty Menunga, Sydney Harvey, Lisa Pinzon, and Elena Chinecki today. I actually have already interviewed most of the newcomers. If you missed those, they're still up on our unlimited, unloaded page. Just go to SoundCloud, type USF, and if you do the search... Basically search for Ariel Wilson, type in Dulcie, it'll take you right to those past interviews. So I don't want to repeat anything, especially with so many players, to be able to talk to during the photo shoots. On the men's side of things, yeah, be talking to about 10 men as well. You're going to hear from the guy that leads them, Brian Gregory, next, along with the coordinators on the football team. We'll also let you know another team that's in action today as we give it to you all here on Bulls Beat. Stay tuned. Brian Gregory, again, part of the AAC Media Days. The Bulls were picked to finish tied for ninth with Tulane ahead of ECU. Of course, Houston-Memphis at the top. We'll do more on the conference predictions Friday with Around the American. No Bulls picked first or second team. We'll see about that, but here's general thoughts from the head coach. This is college basketball now. I think if you take a look around, you know, just look at our league, which you're talking to all the coaches, uh, a lot of question marks out there because of the the transfer portal and because of, uh, you know, COVID last year where teams like us, you know, on a 35-day pause in the middle of the season and different things like that, never really able to get back on track. Um, but you hit the reset button and, and – uh, for us, we, we were able to bring in some, you know, really good players uh, through that. You know, we, we planned on with the three seniors graduating, you know, as you go into it, you don't really have a, an idea about any of those guys coming back. And like so many across the country, to their to their credit, graduated in four years and were able to move on. Uh, but for us, obviously, it's it, it starts with Caleb, who... Uh, you know, prior to our pause, had been the freshman of the week three times in our league. Um, you know, and as a freshman point guard, those 35 days that we were off and the 16 practices we had from the end of the pause to the start of the conference tournament, you know, it's going to have a biggest effect on, on someone like that. And I thought you saw that, but he's had an unbelievable spring, a great summer. But the the question marks are are obviously the challenges that you face is bringing in a player like Javon Green, who's had an unbelievable career at George Mason, you know, over 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 300 assists, and 100 steals in a career is a pretty darn good career. 
But as he bumps up a level, is he still going to have that same type of impactful performance night in and night out? And you can see that from a couple of our guys who are kind of going up, who's had successful uh, seasons, one season, two seasons, three seasons at other places. You know, with, with Byron Matos, who had a great freshman year at New Mexico in limited games. Jalen McCreary at South Carolina, who was in the playing group and had some really good numbers. Corey Walker, a highly recruited recruit who went to Tennessee but was redshirted last year due to injury. So there's question marks out there, but we are a better shooting team. We're a better field team. Um, now we got to be able to defend and rebound and then kind of accelerate the process in terms of coming together. One more from Brian Gregory. I thought this was interesting because a lot's being made, rightfully so, of all the new players. Ten, as a matter of fact, but let's not forget that you have four guys coming back and two guards especially are apparently excelling right now. But then he gets into what the main concern of the team is, and it does sound like something they need to take care of. Well, I think the good news is probably, you know, the two guys that have made the biggest jumps are, are guys that were in our program and with us all spring and summer in, in Caleb and in, in Jameer Chaplin. Uh, those two guys are, you know, remarkably better players, really use the year of playing that, you know, to grow and to gain more experience, but then also to be able to take a step back and understand the things that they need to get better at to be more efficient, more consistent, and so forth. With the new guys coming in, you know, we, we, we got guys that, you know, I, the one thing we can do is we can shoot the ball better. Javon Green and his ability, he's proven it through a four-year career. Jake Boggs has proven it through two years at UNC Wilmington. You know, guys like DJ Patrick in, in one year of college, you know, well over 45% from the three. So we can we can definitely do that. And we have, you know, we have really good versatility with guys that can play multiple positions. My my biggest concern heading into it or question mark out there is we did not defend very well last year at any position or collectively as a team. And the numbers prove that. Now, the numbers prove it significantly after our pause that we had where we went from, you know, 41% defensive field goal percentage, 30 from the three in our defensive field goal percentage to after the pause when teams shot darn near 50% from the field and 43 from the three. That was a remarkable difference in our defense. But our offense, a lot is predicated on, on playing really good defense forcing tough shots and, and dominating the defensive glass so we can get some easy baskets in transition. So that's going to be the, the, the challenge, and obviously that's a collective effort that we're working on on a daily basis. 